Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It is the future. In 1999, you are listening to The Glitter Boys. Right. Today, we're going to be talking about my introduction to the Palladium world, and that is Robotech. Now, early 80s, Robotech and Transformers were the two best things on TV. I I love you, G.I. Joe, but go ahead and take a backseat here. You're you're not even in the running. (laughs) Robotech was a continuous story, one that went week to week. Characters stayed dead. It was a huge thing. Now, Palladium... One of two times, the first time, sadly, far more successful than the second, picked up the rights to Robotech, and they produced the Robotech role-playing game. It was amazing for sci-fi nerds of a young age like myself. Tell me, what is Robotech? For the listener who doesn't know. Okay, so Robotech is is a series of transforming giant mecha and then just giant war mecha based on uh, a constantly invaded earth the earth is invaded three times the first time by the zentradi the second time by uh the robotech masters and who are the masters of the zentradi real quick who are the zentradi the zentradi are it's in the in the novels it's it's taken that the zentradi are cloned humans that the Robotech masters had taken and made giant. The average Zentradi stands between 40 and 50 feet tall, which is why humanity needs these giant big-ass robots to fight them. Gotcha. In the final series, the enemies of the Zentradi and the masters, the Invid, who they stole the secrets of protoculture, which power all the Robotech stuff. Yeah, they, they're fighting the Invid. The Invid fi- uh, come to Earth and then transform and magically fly off to another plane of experience and that is robotech in 45 seconds or less <laughs> okay this is and i say this as a man who's read riffs this is kevin long's finest work the the battleoid fighter which is the transformed jet of of robotech is just gorgeously done uh those of you who who are transformer nerds there's an ancient an ancient feud about uh skyfire <laughs> oh yeah, I remember this. Which is exactly <laughs> the the same thing as a Robotech uh VF1. So, yeah, there, there was a lot of kerfluffle. But this game, this game took up so much time and affected my grades in middle school so badly. The game book itself is intended to be played after the events of Macross, the the first series of Robotech. I'm not going to get into what Robotech is the mashup of the the three different uh the three different things that came and had things ground off and were squished into Robotech. In Palladium, doesn't it matter because don't they actually do books for the original versions too? Isn't there like a Macross they and a Macross did. Plus? There's Macross Plus and I believe New World Order is set in that as well, but okay. there is Macross 2, the role-playing game, also done by Palladium, yeah, which has a, a far more stylized version of, of the cartoon. Yeah, all I know 
Now, you're not going to go into it, but I will briefly go over it. Listeners who are not aware, Robotech in the 80s was an Americanized creation drawn from animated sources of a series of completely unrelated Japanese cartoons. Um, I think there was the, uh, there was Macross, uh, right? Genesis Climber and Mosspedia. Yeah. What was what Masters the was. Sentinels? No, was that, uh, I don't know. Anyway. I believe, I believe the Sentinels was its own creation of Robotech after. Got it. Macross kept going and doing its own thing. And a lot of which did not get roboticized, I guess we would say. So yeah. there was Macross 2 and then Macross Plus and then a whole bunch of other Macross stuff. I've only just now started watching the Macross versions of things. I, I just watched uh, Do You Remember Love, the yeah. the movie version of the original Macross series. And well, let me tell you, very different, but also yeah. very similar. <laughs> uh, the, the Rick Hunter character is a lot less relatable on that. And Roy Foco, too, is kind of a dick. Roy's a straight-up douchebag. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I honestly prefer bag. the Americanized version. Um, it, it might just be that it speaks easily to my culture. Yeah. They, they are they are less archetypal and, and more, more just people, people you'd expect to meet. And I think that's one of the, uh, that, that's one of the draws of, of the game. Uh, speaking of the game, everyone's statted out in it. Uh, there's... All, all the heroes from the from the show. There's there's Rick. There's Roy. There's Lisa. There's Gloval. There's the Bridge Bunnies. There's you know all all the people, Max and Ben, and all all just the general heroes. Claudia, they're all there. And as I was saying, this is intended to take place after the end of Macross. The SDF one and the SDF two have blown up, and you are reclaiming Earth with the aid of and sometimes against the Renegade Centrati and trying to rebuild. So you have yet another post-apocalyptic game here. And by post-apocalyptic, we mean they glassed the planet. Earth Fucking destroyed desert. that. Yeah. Yep. Can I go back to the art? I just, <laughs> yeah, the art in this, yeah. in this book is so amazing. Just the, the clean, heavily shadowed lines of Kevin Long's black and white. It's, I said it before, I'll say it again. I'll say it again before the end of this podcast. It's his <laughs> finest, finest work. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. And if if you ever want, if you're you know my age and you want to you know gently steer your your child towards role playing games, just kind of leave this book out on the coffee table, and the the cover will draw them in. It's 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 reminiscent of the co- of the ending of the uh, of the ending of the cartoon intro, where the uh, battleoid goes into action pose in front of the the fighting for its life SDF one. It's it's just cool. I will never get cool. that theme song out of my head. Yeah. Bum, yeah, bum, nor bum, should you. I have bum, it on my phone. Bum, God. <laughs> it's it's so iconic. So of the Robotech stuff, what's your favorite? What's your favorite uh component? Or let's say character, character class. There we go. Character class. What's oh, your favorite it's, uh, character? The class? Veritech pilot. It it has to be. I'm um, surprised you didn't say cyclone. I thought you were a cyclone man. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, I'm a cyclone man in rifts because I figure that somewhere there's a Veritech that got shot out of the sky or ran out of fuel, but the cyclones are probably still in the compartments. So, yeah. Veritechs being the transforming plane robots and cyclones being the transforming motorcycle armor suits. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm Veritech through and through. I, I have uh, patches on a, on a coat to uh, shout my geek. I recently decided to watch Robotech from the beginning. Having not seen it since I was a kid. And I gotta say, at least the Macross saga 
holds up. Oh yeah, Shit holds up. The, the Macross saga is great. Once they skip ahead in time and bring in Dana, or is that her name, Dana? Yeah. That yeah. series made no sense. It moved in ways that were very difficult for me to follow. I had no idea what was going on. I actually hated almost all of the characters. The ones that I was given enough chance to actually see on the screen and listen to, it felt desperate. Like, I didn't quite understand why it was doing that. And that's why I've been watching Macross, because people say, if you want more of Robotech, just watch the rest of Macross. I'm like, oh, that, okay. that is true. And you can skip also uh, the Invid Invasion portion of the cartoons. The the books, the novelization done by uh, Jack McKinley, which is a, actually two authors in an assumed name. Those are actually pretty good, the novelizations. Okay. Uh, if you if you haven't read them, they they the the cartoon follows them pretty closely, but it's done in a, a much better way. It was it was all the story elements were there. It was all just poorly executed in the cartoon. Now that does not carry through to the games because the games also cover that period. There's um the the first series which uh, comprises the role playing game, the Aria Field Guide. Uh, ghost ship and a, a couple other things all books from the first game the second game southern cross also very nicely covers the the hover tanks and the masters and actually does a better job than the cartoon in making those <laughs> making, <laughs> making those characters interesting into invasion of course there's uh scott bernard and rand now in the books and in the game these are good characters I don't know why they screwed the pooch so hard in the cartoon for both of them. Robotech was a wild success. And I don't know why funding got cut. You can honestly tell the animation style and everything just kind of went to shit. This is supposed to be about the game, but I keep talking about the show. (laughs) Well, something else about the game that's interesting is, if I am to understand correctly, Palladium's Robotech RPG is where they first... Uh, incepted the concept of mega damage. Yes. Yeah. And for those of you unfamiliar with Palladium, mega damage is most people associate it with rifts, but it's the it's the regular damage times a hundred that big vehicles and robots and spaceships get to do. Yeah. Uh, the basic concept for those of you who haven't even picked up a game is uh, you're a person standing with a nine millimeter in front of a tank. There's a person standing next to the tank who's not you. If you shoot that person, they will die. They have taken SDC. If you shoot the tank, you have scratched the paint because you are shooting at an SDC structure, uh, excuse me, at a MDC structure with an SDC weapon. Now, if you have a mega damage weapon, such as a bazooka, you can damage the tank. But basically, MDC is impervious to small arms fire and like swords and knives and things like that. And a significant amount of concentrated small arms fire can do enough to minorly damage it. Like, yeah, you know, you can, if you happen to be able to generate 200 points of SDC. Okay. In that's two slide. points of MDC. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that's, I think where it started and it was meant for that simulation of damage on vehicles versus vehicles or spaceships versus spaceships versus damage of, you know, again, nine millimeters, civilians shooting each other. Kind yeah. Of this is also the first massive where they're dealing with the things like the famous palladium missile tables. 
Now, they actually got a bit of a handle on it by the time they got to Rifts. Sadly, the the mini-missile swarms of Robotech are still a little cumbersome. So if if you are firing off clouds of missiles, as you will do, because that's what the cartoon did, right? I would recommend just grabbing the damage and taking the uh, missile shooting system from Rifts. It's, it's a lot easier. I've got opinions on the missile system. I think ultimately... A missile, a mini missile swarm should be as simple as roll a single attack. And if that attack hits, roll some damage. And I think the more mini missiles you fire, the greater your attack bonus should be and the greater your potential damage. I mean, the concept of a damage roll means you can do as low as, for example, if you're rolling 1d 10 times 100 or 1d 10 times 10, you can do as low as 10 or as much as 100. Should be is, let's say you're shooting 30 missiles, it should be something times 30 because that's potentially 30 missiles or 1d30 there we go 1d30 times x that's potentially one to 30 missiles that might hit your target it's already yeah. handled in the damage roll i don't see a reason for there to be extended rules on doing it otherwise you know because max sterling exists and max sterling can shoot missiles out of the sky and they were trying to do the cartoon in the game so it got i get you complicated that being said, yeah. some of the coolest scenes there. Just, you know, explosions blossoming everywhere and he's pinwheeling, shooting them down. It's 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 pretty cool. Max you and Miria. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you owe it to yourself to uh to see the cartoon and to pick up the books. Now, Palladium did a later series of books, which started with the Shadow Chronicles. These are smaller books. They're they're pocket size. They're like the size of your average paperback. Yeah. And they are small printed. Lots of little, little pages, but the advantage is, is that you can grab one of these books and just literally shove it into a pocket with a handful of dice and you're good to go. Yeah. We will not speak of tactics because I don't have too good of a handle on, on tactics yet, but I don't think that's that's a role-playing game. That's more of a tabletop simulator. Um, it's Wait, more yeah, like it war- was a mini's combat game, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, it's more Warhammer than, than RPG, so I'm just going to leave that one alone. I can't recommend enough picking up Robotech. It is, it is, it is done right. They, they gave, they gave an excellent service to the concepts that were put forth in the books. They did a good job with the, with the feel of the cartoon as well. Atmospherically, it's exactly the same. So if you've ever wanted to be, you know, Rick or Roy or Max or Miria, you, you can do that. If you've wanted to be a 50, 50 foot tall Zentradi stomping your way through a human city. You can do that. There, there's a lot of fun to be had in these books and they hold up very, very well. I agree. I actually just ordered a set of eight of them. The only Palladium Robotech book that I own is the Shattered Chronicles, which got in a care package a couple of years ago from our previous podcast. Uh, I read through it. Seemed pretty cool, but I, I didn't have the, the context i didn't have the greater collection so i saw a lot of them on ebay eight books for a very good price normally they go for much higher they look to be in good condition yoink should be here yeah. next week i'm excited i was a proud papa that day <laughs> when he came on the discord and said that i was like yes yeah another one yes join us yeah <laughs> Any, anything else on this introduction to robotech matthew i think one thing that uh should be discussed real fast is protoculture Protoculture is what fuels the mecha, the transformation, and allows the uh, pilot to interface with the mecha through the auspices of a thinking cap, which allows 
you to to pilot a battleoid as if you were in your own skin. And now the battleoid is like this human space knight thing. It's it's very nimble. It's very agile. And the connection with this this mystical goo, which is both a fuel, a stimulant, and is is really the gasoline of the Robotech world, is unique to Robotech. One of the problems with playing Robotech in a uh, Rifts is that you are cut off from protoculture. There, there's none of that in Rifts. So while you can port it is in the conversion book, Robotech to Rifts, it is it's actually quite hard to do. You will have to find a techno knight to help you out. Yeah. And I think that's all I have. <laughs> I mean, like I, I could go on on Robotech, but has it protoculture been mostly depicted in the cartoon as big old tanks of liquid? It's yeah, it's a greenish liquid, which comes from the invid flower of life. The explosion of the SDF one released the, the spores, Ooh. which seeded earth with the flower of life. And that's why the invid invaded those fuckers. Yeah. Well, filthy bug slugs. Maybe we'll talk more about the infant later. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for joining us, folks. If you want to hear more about Robotech, just blow up NPCs inbox. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got more. All thanks right. For thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.